Okay, y'all have a seat. Uh, Welcome. Glad you are here today. My name is Fred. I get to be the lead pastor here. And and I do want to say whether you're here in person or joining us online, we really are glad you're here. No matter who you are, no matter where you're coming from, we are glad that you're here. And, And here's what I hope. I hope we can experience all that Jesus has for us today. And not just for us as a group, but all that he has for you. I know sometimes getting here, especially those of you with little kids and those of you with with really busy kids, uh, just getting here sometimes is like a Christmas miracle, right? Like, congratulations. You made it. Sit back, relax, and I want you to open up your heart, open up your mind, open up your soul uh, to what the Holy Spirit will do in this group. And today I've been praying that something sinks deep into us, something that's simple, something that uh, Deb highlighted in the awesome lighting of the Advent candle. And yes, we were all glad we weren't you at that moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you were late, just go back and watch the video. It's great fun. Um, uh, but here's what I pray. I hope, I hope today we leave here uh, f- knowing, understanding, and feeling more love from God than we did when we walked in. Because that's, that's what we're going to see. More love for God, more love for others. And so go ahead, if you have your Bible, you can open to John uh, chapter 11. We're going to hone in on verses 33 through 44. And today we get to talk about something uh, that isn't necessarily often talked about in churches, particularly during the Christmas season. And in, in, in this Christmas series, we're, we're calling it the blank that stole Christmas. Um, and so, so we're talking about the things that can steal from us kind of the best part of, of Christmas. We've talked talked about loneliness, we've talked about busyness, uh, and today we get to talk about grief, right? Merry Christmas, right? And, and, and here's what we're going to see with grief. Grief, simply put, is this. Grief is this deep sorrow that's experienced and caused by loss, that's what grief is. It's, it's, it's very simple. It's, it's very common. And, and here's the deal. We can think that grief happens when, only happens when someone dies. And it, and it does, right? But grief happens when we lose a, a, a myriad of things. Grief can happen by the loss of a beloved pet, right? You can experience grief then. It can happen with the loss of a job, that you loved? Because there are some jobs you lose and there ain't no grief, right? But there's some that you loved and you can't do it anymore. And there's lots of grief. Grief can be caused by a divorce. It can be caused by the parting of friendships. Grief can happen when, when life takes this unexpected turn and the plans you had for the future all of a sudden evaporate. That can cause grief. Students in the room or students watching, like grief can happen when you don't get into the college that you always wanted to go to. Grief can happen when you don't get on the team that you want to get on, when you don't get the role and the performance that you've had your heart set on. Grief can happen when we all go through a worldwide pandemic and our our plans dramatically change for months, if not years, if not for the rest of your life. You see, grief is everywhere. And today, in these verses, we get to see Jesus deal with grief. And as we watch him weep and and perform a miracle around grief, what we're also going to see is what we need to know about grief, what we need to know about how Jesus sees and how Jesus deals 
with grief. It's particularly for us during this Christmas season. And I hope when we see that, we can align ourselves more with Jesus than we did when we walked in. Now, before our passage today, uh, it involves Jesus and Mary and Martha and, and Lazarus. Spoiler alert, he dies, right? But, but there's this interesting conversation that happens between them. And so, so what I want you to do is, even though we're going to really hone in, starting on verse 33, if you can, look back to verse 3 to kind of get the context of what happened. Chapter 11, verse 3, it says this. It says, so the sisters sent to him, so Jesus was somewhere else, and the, Jesus, and, and the sisters, Mary and Martha, sent, sent messengers to Jesus. And, and this is what the messengers said, Lord, he whom you love is ill. In other words, Jesus, our brother, Lazarus, is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said this. He said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, here's the deal. If the messengers go back to Mary and Martha and tell them, hey, I've got great news for you. Jesus said, this illness will not end in death. What would you think? Great. Lazarus is going to be better, right? But what happens is Jesus waits, right? Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick and Jesus didn't heal him. Now, here's the deal. In our study in Mark, which is what we were doing before we started Advent and we'll pick it back up uh, starting in the new year, what we've seen, we've seen Jesus heal all kinds of people in all kinds of ways, haven't we? We know from our study in Mark that Jesus can heal somebody from a distance. We've seen him do that. And so if Jesus wanted to, he could just say, Lazarus, be healed, or whatever he says, you know, and, and, G, and Lazarus would get up out of bed and be fine. He could have traveled there and healed Lazarus. But what we see in these verses if, before 33 is that Jesus and his disciples waited, right? He even told his disciples that this won't end in death. And, and here's what we need to understand before we jump into our text today about Jesus. And I think this is so critical for aligning ourselves with what Jesus is doing in our lives in the midst of grief is this, that Jesus sees loss differently than we do, right? Jesus sees loss differently than we do. We are Mary and Martha in this story, and we cry out to Jesus to save us from dealing with loss, to save us from having to deal with loss, right? Because here's what they knew. They knew their brother Lazarus was sick, and in their time, sickness was a straight route to death, right? Because they didn't have the hospitals and the medical centers that we have. If someone got sick, there was a high probability that they were going to die. I call uh, WebMD three clicks to death, right? Because if you, have, you enter your symptoms and three clicks later, you're dead, right? Like that's, that's the only prognosis in WebMD. In Mary and Martha's time, like illness was a one click to death experience. Like the chances that Lazarus was going to die was super, super high. And they reached out to the only person that they knew that could help. And that was Jesus. Because they knew that Jesus could save them from the loss of their brother. See, and you and I, we often do the same thing when it comes to dealing with grief. When it comes to the same thing of dealing with loss. We want Jesus to take it away from us. But what we have to understand is that Jesus sees loss differently than we do. And his deepest desire, even more so, I think, than saving us from the pain of going through loss, his deepest desire is that we walk through that pain with him. Right? 
You see, Jesus sees loss as an opportunity to connect with him and ultimately to connect with others as we deal with grief. And he sees this as bringing glory to God. Now, with that in mind, go ahead and turn to verse 33, and let's see what's happening in our text today. Verse 33 says this. It says, when Jesus saw her weeping. So, so he, he ends up going there, and, and Mary and Martha tell him uh, that Jesus is dead. And so, so we see this. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and greatly troubled, right? So Jesus shows up on the scene. He finally arrives. In the time that, that it took him to get there, you know, they got the message, your brother's not going to end, you know, this isn't going to end in death. And then Lazarus dies, right? And then there's this great conversation that happens when Jesus shows up where, where Martha has some words for Jesus, Mary has some words for Jesus, and what you look, if you see, you see their words are almost identical with Jesus. But yet the outcome of those words is very different. When he shows up and he sees Mary weeping over the loss of her brother, it does something to him. Right, the, the, the ESV says that, that, that he was deeply moved and in his spirit greatly troubled. Right? Mary fell to his feet weeping and Jesus sees her weeping and something kind of moves in him and overtakes him. It troubled him. The Greek word here means that it stirred him up. Right? That, that, that word is also the same word used to like cause anxiety. It's the same word used to make restless. It's the same word used to cause like this inward commotion. And, and here's the deal. Jesus is feeling something right here that we all feel with loss, that we all feel with grief. And it's this, this feeling that, that something just isn't right. Right? Like, like, <clears throat> It's like, it's like having our feet knocked out from under us unexpectedly. It's like, it's like all of a sudden life feels a little bit off balance. See, when you're going through grief, it can feel like you're going through your day about two steps behind you. Right? Which, if you haven't experienced deep grief, you don't know what I'm talking about. But if you have experienced deep grief, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like you go through the normal motions of your day and something is just less than, right? And it's, it's a weird feeling and, it, and it's, what, it's what Jesus is feeling. Well, watch, watch this in verse 34. Verse 34 says this. It says, and he said, where have you laid him? And they said, Lord, come and see. And then the shortest verse in the Bible that everybody memorized is what? Jesus wept. <laughs> right? Like his response to Mary weeping and his response to them, to, to, to seeing that, that, that he has been laid in the grave is he wept. And I think for us, Right? For us as, as, as humans, as, as people who follow God, as people who walk with Jesus, sometimes it's real easy to think God is so distant, right? Particularly in grief. It's easy to think God is wherever God is and doing whatever God does and we just kind of go through our lives. That, that, that he is free from our pain and free from our grief, but here we see that God isn't, right? Right? That Jesus wept. 
And I don't know how they decided what verses get what numbers and where to divide them and all that stuff. But whoever did, I'm so glad that they made that its own verse, that they made that its own marker. So that draws our attention to the fact that we see we serve a God who is full of feelings and emotions and compassion. That he feels what we feel. And we'll see why in a minute that he feels this, but we need to see that Jesus felt grief and Jesus felt loss, and we need to understand this, that Jesus knows the feeling of loss, right? Jesus lost a friend. Mary and Martha lost a brother, and Jesus understands that loss, you see, to say, to say that, that Jesus wants us to walk with him through grief only makes sense if we understand that he knows what grief is, right? I was taking a tour one time of this. We were in, I think, I, I, it sounds so bougie. We were in France on a tour, and, and, um, uh, but we were. And, and they, the tour guide was talking about a civil war that had broken out in this era. And, and it, was, it was in recent history, not super far back history. And so she was telling us all the information, and I heard cities and people that I don't even know about. But then she started talking about how her grandmother lived through that and dealt with it, and how life and her, what kind of life looked in her grandmother's home that she could remember from a kid being with her grandmother, and how a grandmother didn't ever want to go back to government offices because she didn't trust them, like the rest of her life, and all these little things, and then all of a sudden, the Civil War, that, that really meant nothing to me, because I was like, when do we get to the food, right? Like, like the Civil War all of a sudden meant something to me, because she was telling me about an experience there, right? Can you imagine going to buy a car and buying it from a person who has only ridden a bicycle their entire life? No, you want to buy a car from someone who's driven the car and knows the car and knows the ins and outs. Jesus feels our pain and he is our God that walks with us through grief knowing what it feels like. See, Jesus doesn't just give us information about loss, and about how to recover from it and how to go through it. He walks with us through it as a person who has experienced it, as a tour guide who has experience, right? But now we're going to see why he feels lost, and it's the same reason that we, that we do. Verse 36 says this, So the Jews said, so all the people that were around when they saw Jesus weep, said, See how he loved him. Right? That's what Mary and Martha said when he was sick. The one you love is sick. That, 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 that the Jews around Mary and Martha knew that Jesus loved Lazarus. You see, he loved Lazarus. He loved Mary and Martha in the love of God, which, which we highlighted here in Advent, the love of God that we feel during this, during this season. It's not just for salvation. God doesn't just love us so that he can save us. He loves us so that we can be with him. Day in and day out. He loves us so he can walk with us when he feels lost, when we feel lost and when we grieve. Jesus felt this. He felt the sting of death. And what Jesus experienced is true for all of us. We grieve because we love. Like, that's why we grieve. We grieve because we love, and it's somewhat proportional to what we love, right? right? Like, well, like, we feel the loss of what we love. I did a quick Google search just because it was Christmas, and I googled how many people die in America a day. 
you'll catch up with that. All right, so, so here's, here's what the Googles said. Said 8,600 pe- 8, people, give or take, die every day in the States. Here's the deal. If you, if you don't know any of those 8,600 people, you grieve 0% over that. But if one of those 8,600 people are dearly loved by you, do you know how much you grieve? 8,600%. That's how much you grieve. You see, that's what grief is. We grieve what we love, right? And you can feel, like I said, the loss of pets when they die, and that is grief. And you kind of feel silly too, don't you? Like anybody lost a beloved pet, and you grieve, and you have all these feelings, and you're like, it was, it was a pet, but you loved this pet, right? When our dog Addie dies, it's going to be some grief up in our house. When that hermit crab we bought died, that remained unnamed because it lived like hours, and we knew it was dead because of the smell and no other reason, like, like there, you laugh because you've experienced this, right? Like, there was no grief in our house over that, right? Verse 37. Let's just move on. All right. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of a blind man and have kept, uh, have also have kept this man from dying? So, so, so the same group says, gosh, look how he loved him. And then they said, but couldn't he have stopped this? Right? There are always those, and we're, we're in that crew, there are always those who want to pass over pain. Right? God, couldn't you just save me from this? Just fix all this and make it all right. And then you wake up the morning and, and like everything's the same and you still got to do it. And we want God to, to, to help us pass over that pain, right? We don't want Jesus to walk with us through it. We just don't want to walk through it. But Jesus offers us something beautiful and that's to walk through it with us, right? I would love to take the option of passing over loss, wouldn't y'all? I would love it. But there are times that God doesn't heal, the one we're praying for. There are times that death happens and instead of passing over it like they wanted and like they legitimately asked, Jesus invites us to walk through it. And honestly, this may be where you are this holiday season, right? The holidays are a perfect time to bring up the grief that we have been pushing back all year long because there's an empty chair at the table. There's a quiet house instead of a house full of kids and laughter and, and toys and presents. Like this may be where you are. And I want you to know that we see you and we love you and God loves you. And you don't have to grieve alone. You've got us. You've got him. You don't have to grieve alone. To you... I say, hold on, because we're going to see something here. Look at verse 38. Verse 38 says this. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. I don't know why I'm emotional. I know why I'm emotional, because some of y'all are crying. That's why. And I see your pain. And I know some of your stories. And grief is hard. I've been through it. You're going through it, and it's just hard. But God is good. And we don't grieve without hope. 
But it's important to understand that we do grieve. And it's not something to be passed over. That's what we're going to see. Look at verse 38. I hope I can read this. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone laid against it. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of the dead man, said, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been in there four days. I love Martha. <laughs> I do. She just gets right to it. We need Martha's in our life, don't we? Like, Jesus, are you sure? you? It's going to stink up in there, right? Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And so they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that, that you have heard me, and you knew, uh, and I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out, his hands and feet were bound with linen strips, his face wrapped with a cloth, and Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Now, this part of the story is hard for those walking through grief, and here's why. Uh, Because Mary and Martha got a resurrection, and you didn't. Right? The thing you loved is dead and gone, and you grieve. You're still feeling the loss. They got a resurrection. You've got grief. Now, I could tell you resurrection is coming, and that's true, and that's very true. Resurrection is coming, but it's probably not super helpful because today you're grieving. And so here's what I want us to see in these verses that I just read. There's two things that people did. One thing that Jesus did, right? So what does Jesus, look at verse 39. What does he ask the people there to do? Before Martha says, are you sure you want to do this, right? What does he ask the people to do? He tells them to open the grave. Tells them to open the grave. For us, with grief, we've got to open the grave, right? We've got to feel and deal with the feelings that we have of loss. We can't stuff it in the grave. Can you imagine if they left the grave closed and Lazarus stayed dead? Right? These people would have missed an opportunity to see Jesus as the God that he is. You see, we must feel the pain of loss. We must not stuff it away and and, and pray that God just, just takes it away so that we feel better. We have to open ourselves up to the pain of loss. We must open up the grave right? If we stuff it down, here's the deal. It's just going to explode later, isn't it? In all different kinds of ways. Now, some grief is more pronounced than others, but we still have to feel it. We open ourselves up to that feeling. And, and here's, here's, here's the worst part. Of it. Like I said, Martha commented on the smell, right? She wanted to avoid what was about to happen. And we've got to acknowledge we feel that too. We would rather not deal with the pain and the feeling of loss and the sadness and the anger and all the stuff that that brings up. We would rather just be like, y'all, this is going to stink. Let's not do this. Right? But Jesus says, no, no, no. I told you. This is going to bring glory to God. Right? Can I tell you just a little bit what the world is tired of seeing in us as Christians? Right? 
what they're tired of seeing, it's actually what helps us lose our witness before them. It's what, it's what, it's what causes unbelievers to doubt the truth of God. And, and it has this term called plastic Christianity, right? That those who don't know Jesus are tired of us acting like life is perfect. Do you know why? Because they know life isn't perfect. They know life hurts. And when we stand before them in the midst of grief and just smile and act like everything's okay and say, no, 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 I'm fine. It's called plastic Christianity. Right? Now, we can honestly say, I'm good, but this is hard. That's not plastic. That's real. Because that means you're anchored deep in your soul in Jesus, and you are good. But you're also going through something really, really hard. You see, they're watching how we deal with grief. They're watching how we deal with imperfection. And like I said, do we grieve without hope? No, but we do grieve. We walk through our life, we walk through our grief with Jesus because here's why. If we open up the grave, that's what Jesus asked them to do. Notice Jesus didn't do that. He could have he done a Jedi swoop and that stone would have rolled away, right? But he said, you open up the grave. When we open up the grave, that's when we get to see Jesus do what only Jesus can do. And meet us in pain in a really, really unique way. Unique to each of us to give us exactly what we need when we need it. Like I said, if the grave stayed closed, Lazarus wouldn't have come out. The Mary and Martha wouldn't have gotten to see a resurrection. Loss would not have been healed. But when, we, but when willing to, to open that up and deal with it, with Jesus present, we get to see Jesus do what only he can do. And in this case, it was resurrection of Lazarus. In your case, I don't know what Jesus is going to do. But here's what I know. You will. You will know what Jesus is going to do because you get to meet with him. And then here's the beautiful thing. You get to tell us all about it. And we get to see Jesus through your eyes. And when we do, we get to praise God. You see, that's what happens when we open the grave with, with Jesus present. But there's one more thing. There's one more thing that Jesus asked them to do, and it's in the last part of verse 44, right? So, so, so Lazarus walks out, and, and he tells the people to do what at the end of verse 44? He says, unbind him and let him go. And so as I was preparing for this, I kind of tried to picture, like, what, what exactly is happening here? Like, Lazarus comes out, he's bound, you know, because when, when someone died, they didn't have embalming the way that we have it, and so they wrapped them in, in, in linen uh, strips of, of linen. And so I'm like, did he, like, walk out like this? Like, what, you know, all bound up? That he, he, you know, was his hands down? Like, I just tried to imagine what was going on. And here's the closest thing I could, I could come up with. Do y'all remember... Going through the pandemic, you're stuck at home, and you realized you didn't have enough pairs of comfy pants, right? You were wearing sweatpants and comfy pants all day, every day. You might have looked professional top up for the Zoom, but bottom down, it was comfy. It was yoga pants. It was, it was sweatpants. It was all the comfy clothes, right? In our house, we called those soft pants, right? And then when the world started opening up, we had to put on hard pants, right? Like stuff that didn't have elastic waistbands, 
right? That's the closest thing I could imagine to what Lazarus felt like. He had to put on the hard pants, right? And, and so he was all bound up walking out. And, and, and Jesus told them to, to, to set him free, right? But here's the deal. He told those that were with Lazarus to set him free. Y'all, here's what we need to understand about grief and loss. It's that grief really is a group effort. Grief really is a group effort. For you to grieve well with Jesus, you need, you would benefit from having Jesus' people around you. Those that you trust, those that you know will, will, will listen without judgment and let you say what you need to say without holding it against you later. Because let me tell you, in the midst of grief, there will be things that come out of your mouth that you did not know were in your heart. And you need people around you that will listen and just listen. Right? People around you that know Jesus and will just sit with you without expectations of you. Others who are just there. This is actually a term that we learned in seminary. And, and, and uh, it's just called this. It's just called a ministry of presence. It's just being there. It's the power of just being there with someone who's experiencing loss. Listen, when my father passed away, I was fresh out of college. Um, I, no, no, no. I was still in college, last semester of college. I came home from Bible study. I was a brand new Christian, had only been a Christian for a few months. I came home. My dad was, was honestly dead in his recliner with a beer sitting next to him. If you're going to go, like, there are worse ways to go, I guess. But, but I came in, and, and I thought he was asleep. And so I said, Dad, go ahead and get up and go to bed. And he didn't move. That's when I realized my dad wasn't there anymore. I called 911 because that's the only thing I knew to do and, and tried to do CPR with him and just see. But I knew he was gone. And so they had called an ambulance to come. And in the time that the ambulance got there, I called my best friend and told him what had happened. He had lost his dad years before, and, and so he just kind of knew what to do. And so the ambulance comes in, and we go with my dad to the hospital, and uh, I knew Victor was in the waiting room. Now this is, I'm going to get emotional just because it's me, not y'all. But after the doctor pronounced him dead, and me and my mom were back in some room in the hospital, I was, my thought was, oh, I need to let Victor know what had happened because I knew he was in the waiting room. What I didn't know is that Victor called people who called people who called people. So when I walked out in the waiting room, it was packed of people who were just there to be there for us, to be there for my mom. And I had no idea. And I just wept because these people were there. And about 20 of them came over to our house you know, Victor said, hey, uh, give me your key. I'll go get stuff set up in your living room. I'll clean your, you know, like people are going to come over. And so they just came over and sat with us. And, you know, these are like college-age students, fresh out of college students. This must have been the most awkward thing that they had experienced, to sit in a living room with me and my mom in complete silence because we were dumbfounded and shocked and the last thing we wanted to do was have polite conversation. And so we just sat there, and they sat there for I don't even know how long. And what was awkward for them was healing for us. In church, we get to be that to others. 
when they go through grief and when they go through loss. And if you're going through grief and if you're going through loss, let us be that for you. We've got a prayer team that can pray for you in the back today. If you're watching online, there's a prayer team right there that will, that will pray for you online. And we can be with you in the midst of, of this. Y'all, we need each other to grieve well. Like Lazarus needed help after Jesus resurrected him, right? Like you would think that would fix it. But he needed help to, go, to, to be free. You see, we need each other and we need Jesus. And so listen, if you don't know this Jesus... I invite you to to walk through life with him. I invite you to to let him help you with loss. I invite you to, 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 to receive the Holy Spirit, which is the very presence of God, to walk with you through whatever it is you're going through. Say yes to his invitation of dealing with the power and penalty of sin in your life and opening up your soul and your heart to his presence. Because there, you will feel a love like you have never felt. Y'all, I, I felt a lot of things after my dad died. But one of them was that the Holy Spirit, like the presence of God that was brand new in my life, was like this pillow. And I always pictured this white, satin, comfy pillow that I just fell in and he carried me through it. And I was so young in my faith that I remembered very vividly what life was like without the presence of God. And I thought, how can anybody go through this without the comfort of God in their life? That's what I'm inviting you into and to say yes to. To that white satin pillow that you can just collapse into. And for those of you who have said yes to Jesus... Maybe today is the day you need to be one of those who helped Lazarus be free. And maybe there's someone you know that's experiencing loss and experiencing grief, and maybe your role is just to reach out to them and to say, I'm here, how can I help? And then tomorrow, go, I'm here, how can I help? And then the next day, just annoy the snot out of them by being there, right? Until they believe you, right? Like I said, we have a prayer team. We also are trying to start up a group called Grief Share. Scott Douglas, actually, is going to be leading that. At least we've talked about it. He is now. (laughs) No, we have talked about it. We have talked about it. Um, But if you're interested, Scott, if you've gotten time after the service, just come talk to him. Um, And if you need people, let's just walk through this together, right? Let me pray for us. Merry Christmas. Jesus, Jesus, like, whew, you know exactly what these tears are about and you know what they're for. And you know how good your presence is for, for, for those who will open themselves up to just collapsing in your arms. And Father, I pray for us that when we experience loss, when we experience grief, that we would do that. And you would prove to be what is, what is 100% true of you, that you are a faithful God to meet us there when we fall. In Christ's name we pray, amen.